uh, September 1st, 2008. It's the from Pedro Show. <laughs>
mother wrote to me My dollar and a half a day She told me to come home from sea Lowlands, lowlands away, my John Five dollars a day is white man's pay My dollar and a half a day I dreamed I was coming home from sea Lowlands, lowlands away my job My old mother wrote to me She told me to come home from sea What from Pedro show? Um no. Yeah, there we go. Uh start off John Coltrane and Miles Davis, Dr. Jackal. And then we heard something from my guest here, The Lowlands by Odetta, my guest for the show. Oh, by the way, I'm not in Pedro. It might be the Watt for Pedro show, but I'm actually in uh, the Dam Platz in Amsterdam, Netherlands. And my guest, Carlos Van Heijten, mm-hmm. who's not from this town either. Nope. But uh, he came up to visit me. Uh, Carlos, you picked uh, Odetta there. In song Lowlands, why? Um, I saw her a couple of years ago in Amsterdam, which I I was really impressed. I knew of her because I was always very into uh, Dylan and read about her, and but I didn't really know her songs or her records because they're pretty hard to get. But then I thought this is a must-see thing because I I knew it's an elderly lady, so I went there and um, after that I started checking out her records and then how long ago? Maybe like four or five years ago. And then, um, you know, there's a song called Lowlands. And Lowlands is, in a way, Holland. Yeah, bas, As they call it in, fr- in French. And um, I used to run a festival called Lowlands. So there's a couple of reasons to start up with a song called Lowlands. Yeah, I played it a couple of years ago. You came yeah. to that. And that's why I'm in town now. There's Stooges gig in the town where Carlos lives tomorrow. Rotterdam. Yeah. At a club that you put me in, 
called Night Town, but now it's reopening, and we're doing the grand reopening as Watt, W-A-T-T, which is my father's name, (laughs) and I got as a gift. Uh And I say Carlos put me there because this is how I know Carlos. He's been booking my Europe gigs for many years, maybe 21. I met him uh, through Sonic Youth because he was booking them, still is. Maybe Evil Tour? Sonic Youth took me on the Evil Tour in 86 and introduced me to a lot of their friends, and one of them was you. And I was in um, L.A., 86, summer of 86. We come over with them via Paul Smith? Yeah. Not that much longer, but I think you came over first as Firehose on your own. Is that right? I'm not sure. I'm not sure if you... Maybe it, it was, was on our own. Yeah, yeah I think it was. it was first you and then... But we toured with uh, Sonic in U.S. That's possible, yeah. That's yeah, actually, happened. on that tour, you were supposed to play. But um, somehow, you couldn't make it. Yeah. I think it was one of the first Firehose gigs. Yeah. And uh, we had you lined up as the opening act in San Francisco, I think. And you had to... Um, it. it we couldn't make it happen. Yeah, yeah. For whatever reason. And then I remember the first gig of the Europe thing that you booked for us was Devent. Deventer? Deventer. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Edward. <laughs> you were so kind of confused about the date. Of well, Edward was in a shower. Yeah. Yeah, and it was too long, and uh, we didn't make it the... I drove to... I also, the gas cap. That's right. We also didn't have the key to the gas cap, and, then, and couldn't pry it off. Yeah, it was a nightmare. I had never missed a gig because you didn't make it to the airport, except but for yeah, that I one. Think, I think, he, didn't you make the gig? Not different. Uh, That's the only one we missed. Because I tried the first to, one, we made all the rest of those I gigs. drove to, I drove to um, Brussels twice, I remember. <laughs> and I remember, I mean, we're talking more than 20 years ago, but we uh, later, on uh, Firehose tour down the road, did play that town. Brussels <laughs> in Maple. Yeah, exactly. In fact, we played a lot of Dutch towns. Yeah. It was great. At that time, you could do easily six, seven Dutch shows, and everybody was happy about it. We were really into, uh, um, you know, American indie music. scene was different. And also in those days, you would play a lot of German gigs. That's different yeah. now, too. Yeah. Because the uh, Susan... It's more difficult now. You know... Yeah, so th- but you come into the scene before U.S. bands are coming over. When, you, when did you get into music? <laughs> You're from the Zealand part. I'm from uh, the very southwest of Holland, and I grew up on a farm. Um, first ten years, we didn't have electricity, so music was kind of not existing in record players or anything like that. But then we moved to another farm where there was um, uh, the possibilities of connecting in a record player. And I got a record player when I was 14, I think. And then um, what year? 68. So I got heavy into um, buying and getting and whatever final, and then uh, I think that's all there was. Yeah, Maybe was, cassettes was, you just know, came out. No, no, no. We well, didn't have any cassettes. Cassettes never was a really a thing being sold. It, but wasn't know, it from Phil? It was from a Dutch company. Yeah, but you know, you got, you bought uh, pre-recorded cassettes didn't exist. Ah. Or they, they existed, but it was like a very small market. It was it was records, sing, uh, singles, and albums. No way track. No, no. I knew it existed, but I've never really seen it. We had what I had was a reel-to-reel tape machine, and I was um, I got a 
subscription to one of those libraries where they rented out uh, albums or lended out albums. And then weekly, uh, the maximum you could get was three. And then weekly, I went there on my moped and uh, I got my three new records every week. And that was like a whole discovery thing because you listen to the radio, but it was, you know, going to that place and having hundreds of records around you and through friends, you sort of had a clue where to look for and what to look for. I discovered quite a bit of stuff. What was Dutch radio in 68 like? It was pirate stations were a, a bunch of them. And then official well, was radio... Was that good music? It was... Yeah, it wasn't bad, but it was like they didn't play uh, Models of Invention or Captain Beefheart. Or, no. uh, you know, if you passed the Stones and the Beatles and the Small Faces and the Kings and da-da-da, you sort of, there's no radio station catering you. And I was in the Stones, I was into Beatles and, and that kind of stuff, but, you know, Soft Machine, uh, Pink Floyd, Zappa, that kind of things. Were, what was the Dutch radio, I mean, the legal there was, you know, was they, they were, there was VPRO at that time yeah. too, and so they had some stuff, and there was TV st uh, stuff too. I remember seeing um, Dr. John and Zappa on oh. Dutch TV, like mid '60s, and um, you know, it was like, wow, what's going on here? You know, there was there's a Dutch TV makers were pretty on the case at that time. Hilversum, Hilversum is VPRO, Hilversum, all radio and TV is based in Hilversum. Yeah, yeah. And um, there's still, you know, if you look around, there's a, there's some really cool '60s documentaries on on uh, on American underground music made by Dutch people. Rudolf Kiers, I think, is is one of his names, but there's a couple of more who made some, yeah, real cool documentaries. And I know jazz people got to be on TV yeah. in the early, yeah, big time. I got to meet Han Benek in Tokyo and get to play with him. Yeah, he's an interesting yeah. guy. He's been Very around for a long, long time. He played with Eric Dolphy. Yeah. Main, Those, main you know, all these guys came in the 50s. They came to Europe. It was kind of closed-minded for them in the U.S. Yeah. It was more open here. Yeah, know? like Copenhagen had a jazz thing. Amsterdam had one. Paris. Stockholm. Yeah. And some of those people stayed here for a little bit. You can tell by the records, the recordings. Yeah. Wow, these guys were recording. So you're well, listening to the records, three new vinyls a week. Yeah, and, you know, like, I went, I finished school and da-da-da-da-da-da, but then at some... Just after finishing school, someone asked me if I was into running a record store. And it was like, wow. How does that happen? You know, you, you go to a record store. Where you start no, 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 no. You go to the record store like four or five times a week. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, they, okay. they say, okay. Why the cats work in there? Yeah. And then they, they opened another store in Eindhoven, where I eventually moved to. But I was living in Breda. And um, they opened the store in Eindhoven. They were looking for someone to run it. And, uh, you know, said, like, of course I want to do this. Like, you must be in the records, you're in here all the time. Yeah. yeah. And then it was, you know, it was kind of depressing because uh, I got this job and I, there was nothing. So I had to stock the record store. And, you know, I thought I knew a lot about music, but then stocking a record store means that you have to go all the way from left to right. And yeah, I went sell to records. This, no, no, also to buy records. I had to go to these whole stores. Yeah, that is, I mean, you got to sell them, you got to... Have choice for people who might not yeah. listen to stuff that you listen yeah. to. So like hard to you know, maybe I had like two hundred artists I was, or maybe yeah. like five hundred artists I was interested in. Yeah. But we needed to stock like two thousand artists. Yeah, yeah. And some of them were interesting, but you know, I had no clue what I was. So I went to this store, or like a warehouse, and I had to pick all these records. How How old were you? I was mid twenties, early twenties, mid twenties. I was seventy eight. So. Uh, so ten years after your 24. first record player. Yeah. Okay. 
You run in a store. And I was, you know, that's that's really intense. It was 78. Mm-hmm. I did this from 78 to 71. And I 81. think... 81, sorry. And I think if you look back, like, every week there was a 7-inch coming out, we still consider as being a classic. Oh, yeah, yeah. I that was like that time. amazing times for, uh, for music. It's like... Uh, all the punk rock things, but also the Cure, Bunny Man, everything started. Pop group, uh, Gang of Four. Um, I remember one of my things is like I started the record store when the first magazine out al- magazine album came out, yeah. and I closed. I st- I, uh, I bowed out when the last magazine album uh, was released. So that was my career. That's, I read somewhere Barry Adamson just put out a yeah. new record. Yeah. he was the bass player, right? Yeah. Uh, magazine was a band where uh, the singer Buzzcocks, Howard Devoto went yeah. and made. Yeah, he, he lost I was only one. Play he, some he, of that then. Yeah, I have it. You have it. Yeah. Okay, let's play some of that. Just came up from nowhere, and I'm going straight 
Bottom. Naked as sin, an army towel covering my belly. Some of us blush, somehow knees turning to jelly. Next, next. I was still just a kid. There were a hundred like me. I followed a naked body. A naked body followed me. Next, next. I was still just a kid when my innocence was lost. In a mobile army or house, gift of the army, free of cost. Next, you're next. Me, I really would have liked a little touch of tenderness, maybe a word, just a smile, some instant happiness. But no, no, next, next. Oh, it, it wasn't so tragic. The high heavens didn't fall, but how much at that time I hated being there at all. Next. Next. Now I always will recall the brothel truck, the flying flags, the queer lieutenant who slapped our asses as if we were fags. Next, your next. I swear on the wet head of my first case of gonorrhea. It's his ugly voice that I forever hear. The next. That voice that stinks of corpses, of whiskey and of mud. 
is the voice of the nations, that thick voice of the lad. Next, next. And since then, each woman I've taken to bed seems to laugh in my arms and a whisper through my head. Next, next. All the naked and the dead should hold each other's hands as they watch me scream at night in a dream no one can understand. Next, next. And when I'm not screaming in a voice grown dry and hollow, I stand on endless naked lines of the following and the followed. Next, next. One day I'll cut my legs off and burn myself alive. Anything, I'll do anything to get out of line just to survive. A never to be next. Oh, never to be next. Next. Watch from Pedro Show. Uh, that was Scott, Scott Walker with Next. Before that, we had Boredom by the Buzzcocks. No, we didn't. We had Shot by Both Sides by Magazine. And before that, we had Boredom by the Buzzcocks. To tell you a little bit about uh, some of the music Carlos was hearing when he's running the store. What was the name? Bullet. Bullet there in Eindhoven. Yeah. And I played there a few times. There was a club called Fnar. Yeah. So I um, did the record store from... 78 to 81, and then um, the FNR asked me if I was interested in promoting the shows there. And uh, was it Rene then? No, 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 no. Okay. He's he's he was not way after me, but he was after me. And um, so I took the job because it was a job. It's not like someone as a private person promotes shows there. You're sort of in-house promoter for the venue. Yeah. And um, that was a wonderful time because. Um, I did it for five years. I got to meet a lot of people, and I could do one or two gigs a, year, uh, a week with my favorite um, yeah, artists. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of people. I, you know, like I said, I got to meet them, and I got great gigs there. Well, well, back to the record store bullet. Did you ever have bands come in to do in stores? No. no. So you never got to meet any. No, you know, in, in, the, in the record store, there's there's people who came by, but it wasn't like that. Didn't. Existed with a tiny record In those store. days, that didn't happen yeah. like that. But what and you did do was get to hear stuff being made in the moment. Yeah. Which was kind of great. Yeah, you know. To set you up for that gig at the F now yeah. because then you know who to book. There's so many promoter people that get into it, they're clueless. They have no idea. But you'd be in, what, three years? The record store is like the university. Right. It's, it's like crossroads the, of yeah. a lot of information. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of people come in there and tell you about all kinds of music yeah. and and, you know, I had my little narrow road and then it became, like, huge, you know, like, people, like, the pop group comes in and then the No New York record came out. And then a lot of people sort of went in that, into that direction of James yeah, yeah. Jones and all these people. And, you know, I, I had no clue, but I was very interested and I wanted to know all about it. And then, uh, you know, you, you got to hear them, you went to gigs, you know, there was, like... You had a car, so like anywhere you could go and see a show, you went. And so, any band, you know, like James Chance, but also, um, you know, we went to see the, the Sex Pistols was before that, but it was, uh, I've seen tons of great gigs there. Like, yeah, the, the Eindhoven is in like the northeast. No. Um, 
southeast corner. I'm sorry, southeast corner of Holland. And in fact, we were at the Van Gogh Museum today, and uh, this, these little farm towns yeah, came was, together to make that area. Right? It was because of Philips. You know, it was it was all kinds of little farm towns, but all of a sudden Philips started there right. as a company, and the little towns all you know grew together because right. of all people moving there to walk in the fam- work in the fam- in factories. Right. Before that, there's kind of a poor kind of farming thing, and this is the land. That Vincent Van Gogh comes from and starts and first starts painting. Yeah, and that's interesting seeing this yeah. stuff. It was pretty because the, the 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 agriculture was a very poor kind of agriculture because right. of the soil. Right. And then because of the industry, all of a sudden it's booming. And then it also got a, because of the Phillips thing, it got a technical in university. Right. And it's you know it built up to, right, to something right. really great. A lot different in Vincent's case. Yeah. <laughs> and it was also in a kind of way it's pretty central because it's fairly central to the Ruhrgebiet like. Aachen and uh, Dusseldorf in Germany, yeah. Antwerp and Brussels in Belgium, and Amsterdam and Rotterdam in Holland, and it's all like an hour and a half driving from Amst- from Eindhoven. Right. So a lot of people from that, those areas came to Eindhoven, and for some reason, because whatever, a lot of musicians at some point loved to come to Eindhoven, and same as for Groningen, people like to hang out in Groningen, and Amsterdam is always a little bit arrogant and always a bit you know too much of a big city, and in um, in places like Eindhoven and, and, and Groningen, you were people took cared more. They took more time for you, you know, right, right. because it wasn't the band next day. It was you know you were the only band that week, and there was only one venue, so you were the friends of that week. Speaking of which, we played some Scott Walker. Yeah, that's not so uh, maybe widely known or commercial. No, you, you know about it. I you know I don't know that much about it, but I, I remember friends of mine back in Zeeland who were huge Scott Walker fans, and I didn't really have a clue what it was all about. But then, um, you know, you, you, like with all these things, you sort of read about it, and then you sort of, the right people talk about the, that kind of stuff. You get turned on. You, you yeah. want to know more about it. Yeah. And I sort of felt, I kept track of him, and, uh, in you know, his newer albums are dark, dark events, and it's he's still interesting, he's still very interesting. And, um, also I didn't had, know he curated a meltdown. He did. Yeah. What kind of bands, uh, Mr. Rourke played? Um, good question. I don't know. Okay. I don't. Know. I don't have a good answer. Meltdown is like a thing in England where a, a cat gets picked to curate and pick the band, sort of like oh, tomorrow's party does that yeah. too. So you get kind of a perspective of a of a artist by these bands. His taste, yeah. and they also try to put something special together. They like to have people making combinations. Right, right, you know, right. Or, um, you know, people bring in a special project. I think those are the people who sort of got smile on the road. Right, know? right. I think uh, that's the kind of thing. And like I told you before today, is like they got Kevin Shields to do Coral Sea with Patti Smith. You know, yeah. that kind of stuff uh, they're really into. And it's something ATP is not, you know, that keen on. They probably would like to have it happen, but it's more a meltdown thing. Okay. Yeah, how old is the meltdown thing? It's not I think that old, it, is it? No, it, it might be 10, 15, 10 years. Oh, really? And it's, you know, it's pretty highbrow. I think they had Lou Reed do one, and they had Costello do it's one. It's part of some kind of arts thing, I think. It's the South Bank. In, uh, it's on the South Bank, and it's a very prestigious concert venue. Mm-hmm. It's like um, Royal Festival Hall. You, you, there's, there's some prestigious gigs who've been there. And the, yeah, I played know, there Hendrix, with the Stooges. Hendrix played there. The guy who asked us was... Uh, you said his name earlier. 
Yeah, it's Glenn Max. The tall man with the... Glasses. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Jarvis Cocker. Jarvis, yeah. yeah. He said some nice yeah. things about the Stooges. And then we played this thing, and it was kind of... It's an awkward venue in a way. The seats are right up in front yeah. of you at an angle, yeah. and I was kind of self-conscious a little bit. I just looked at Iggy most of the time. <laughs> no, but it's, you know, it's... it's Did it's you remember hard. that Lowlands gig? It's the only gig where Iggy knocked me down. Yeah. So it was, was a very good one. First moment, I didn't look. You know, I was on the deck. I didn't quit playing. Yeah. No, it was. You know, all the reviews of that show were really, really good. And it's because you did last year, I think, wasn't it? Yes, yeah, yeah. last year. And you know, they were kind of late on uh, hooking up with the Stooges because you guys were doing this already for a couple of years. Yeah, it's five years and five months. And now. this year, they they sort of decided, okay, that worked last year. Let's get a new thing. And they got the Sex Pistols. It was like. Really? really bad, you know. The reviews on that one was really, really down. All oh way. man, yeah, it wasn't fun at all. Um, did you see them since they? I haven't there? seen them. You know, once I was on Steve Jones's show, mm-hmm. he seemed like a very interesting man. And you know, God, we know about public image and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Just, but maybe maybe you should play public image now. Yeah. <laughs> You didn't see it though. You just heard about it. I don't. I don't want to. Um, I saw the Sex Pistols in '77. Yeah, but so I, I don't. I don't want to. You don't want to see them again. Yeah. Now, uh, at the FNR, how many years? Five. Five years. In those five years, do you, do you have a favorite gig that you put on? Most proud um, that you brought to town? Um, you know, that's it, it, it's a long time ago, but you know, um, the birthday party. That was an Einstutzen Neubauten on their first album. Those were events. Virgin Prunes, when they yeah. were very early on. Butthole Surfers, when they first came by. Um, did you so hear about Giddy? And You know, they did a reunion tour. Yeah, yeah they, they just went to Amsterdam. They were in uh, New York. I guess the Ritz is called Webster's Hall now. Uh, you, you never played... Uh, we're at the old Ritz. I don't That know. used to be like the big pad yeah. for punk gigs in the okay. 80s, late 80s. Maybe middle ages. <laughs> yeah, middle. Minute, minute. I probably have played it. But anyway, they were just playing there, and something happened with the uh, sound man, uh, monitor man, and Giddy. And Giddy got thrown off the gig. Yeah? Yeah, it's fucked. So. I, mean, I think he was just escorted. Yeah, I've, I've had, I've, you know, they've been playing a festival in Holland yeah. where they were thrown out of the building. But, you know, they got so wasted. It was like, oh. it was mid-80s. When they first came by, they were an event. You know, you've seen them in the Yeah, yeah, their first uh, Hollywood gig was playing with Minutemen. Yeah. It was them, us, and the uh, Big Boys. Mm-hmm. A place called Grandview Room. And Big Boys drummer went on to play Scratch Essen. Yeah. Ray Washington. Ray Washington. And maybe uh, some other bands, too. Could be. It's a guy. The new wave guy, Ministry. Wasn't he in that? Yeah, yeah. Ray went to um, play with Ministry. And uh, I think he's living in L.A. now. Good drummer. Yeah. Good guy. I haven't seen him since. Uh, You know what, though? At that time, maybe Ray was in the band then, but I remember the Buttholes had a guy on drum named... uh, On drums? Yeah, they had a drummer... They had a drum. They, had they didn't and have Teresa. Teresa and King yet. No, they had a guy on trap kit. They had a, some kid named Eskimo on bass. 
And Paul sang half the songs. Iggy played a lot of... Uh, Iggy. Gibby played a lot of sax. Yeah. It was I much know, different. That's, that's before... This I is saw. before they had the uh, record out on Jello's label. Mm-hmm. Remember? Yeah. That, uh, also, Minutemen played with them at a place called Perkins Palace, where uh, it was only time... I think Minutemen only played with two England bands. One was Public Image and one was this Sex Gang Children. Do you remember this yeah, band? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, cause we got, it was very hard to play with England bands yeah. at that time. But Public Image was Joe and, and uh, Martin Atkins? It was, yeah. Um, Martin Atkins was the drummer. I wonder if it was Joe Wobble. Wobble was in it longer than, uh, than Martin Atkins, I think. Yeah, but I don't know. I can't remember. God, why don't I remember? I remember Mart Atkins was in the band, though, because we were talking with him. Mm. When we saw them, when they first came and played, it was those guys. Okay. And Levine. I've never seen them. But, uh, yeah, we saw the first one. And they, but then when we played with them, we played with them three times. I remember there was this funny gig at the Stone in San Francisco. And we're, like, into the second song. And the Minutemen had very small songs. Yeah. It's the second song, and I look over the side of the stage, and I was like... Pointing at his watch, you know. <laughs> we're gonna get off quick. In fact, one of the gigs we got off, we got to be able to set up and turn out really quick. So there's whatever manager was so impressed. He asked us to do a world tour with him. Yeah, yeah. You're talking about public image? Yeah, yeah. Wow. Because we had to do a gig. I remember when we played with him in Sacramento. We had another gig in San Francisco that night, so we got the stuff up and out. I doubt if they ever did, did a world tour. I think the U.S. was, and, and maybe a couple of U.K. shows, but that's... that's well, maybe that was the world of it. Yeah, but you I know, remember yeah. Dee Boone seeing... Yeah, but uh, yeah. this is early Minutemen. I remember Dee Boone, we didn't know about big gigs and stuff. There was a table with a bunch of sandwiches. I guess it was their chow, their catering. We didn't know Dee Boone like a bunch of sandwiches and his chow. And I came in through this boot and we ran to the boat and drove off. It was a trip. Um, so those were your favorite bands but was there US bands coming over yet it was um, it was starting it was like no there, there were definitely people coming over but all service was a US band right and, um, but maybe not till 84 no I remember yeah but the first Sonic Youth was definitely one of the first ones but I remember Live Skull also as being one of the first ones they had one guy coming over to Europe and getting one of those train passes and he traveled all around Europe with a notepad and he visited all the people he got phone numbers from and he booked his own tour just by traveling around Europe on a train and then like he got his friends over at the end of his train trip and they did the tour and um, sort of you know Sonic Youth did kind of a similar thing. That's the live skull before Italia. Yeah, yeah. Yeah we played with them they were just four people. Yeah. Yeah, and, I, and there was, was another girl. Youth. There was a girl in it. Yeah, on bass. Right, and it was Mark C. I, I don't know their names anymore. But it was like one guy name was Tom. I think. Yeah, Tom. It was one of the guitars. Yeah, I remember I know that, but it was a long time ago. So they were on the first in Sonics, of course. Yeah, and Sonics were. Uh, How did they uh, come on over? Well, who, um, they were brought by somebody. It was because um, this is the first time you meet them, right? The first time, no, I. I knew Lee from um, before that. Branca? No, before that. 
he was, um, I was living in Eindhoven with a girl, uh, a roommate of mine, and she was a singer. And she, her name was Trus, and she wanted to um, go abroad, because Holland is so tiny. And so she went to New York, and started the band there. And basically she um, brought this band back to Eindhoven, because she has sort of a reputation in Eindhoven, and in Holland, and so she made a little tours in Holland, and one of the people in one of her first lineups was uh, Lee Ronaldo, together with David Linden. So, and then they stayed in our house. What for, was that uh, band called? Plus Instruments. That's right. Plus Instruments. They told and they, me about they recorded that. They made an album, and uh, we put out the album. We were a record label at that time. So the Star Bullet also had a label. No, no, no. I oh, me I'm and Fred. No, 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 no. Me and Separate a friend from both. Those. Yeah, me and a friend had a, a, a record label called Kremlin. Kremlin. Oh and, yeah, you've told me about that. Yeah, M my friend Tom and I, and uh, we um, put out the first Plus Instruments record. And that's in. I told him in eighty one, I think. In eighty one or eighty two. So right when you start working at FNR, you start putting yeah. out your own label yeah. too. And then, um, so that's how I hooked up with, um, with, with Lee. Lee. And then, I think two years later, he came by and was playing in Branca's band. And yeah. uh, I went to see that show. And he said, oh, by the way, I started a new I started the band. And uh, we are going to do some gigs in Europe uh, at the end of this tour. Can we play your venue in three weeks' time? So I said, yeah, why not? You know, and then... Uh, so that was... At that time, with Branca, is he with Thurston? I think it was with Thurston, yeah. Because I, I think he's with Branca before Thurston. I'm not sure if, it, if, it's, if it was with... Well, Thurston's no, no, telling no, no, me no, that no, Kim no, got... No, no, no. Kim kind of got him into... Yeah, but I think um, that was the second tour of Branca. Okay. It was, uh, the first time I saw Branca was at the Apollo House in, uh, in Eindhoven, and that was just Lee. But then uh, the next time, it was a bigger band. They played a more prestigious venue. Yeah. And I think they even didn't do the guitars, but they did like the, the weird boxes and the strings. Yeah. <laughs> and I think Thurston was in that band. And maybe Kim was connected to it as well. I don't know. Well, there was something about her getting Thurston or something. Okay. He was telling me. I Don't quote me because my memory is so faulty. <laughs> but that's how they get together in the band, yeah. Sonic Youth Band. And so then they said, okay, why don't you, um, you know, they played my venue, and then uh, right. the FNR, and they said... What was, uh, that's, is that the first time you see Sonic? Yeah. And uh, that's their first Europe tour? Yeah. And who's, uh, who's the drummer in that first one? Bob. Bob was the drummer yeah. then already. All right. All right. Yeah. And the coincidence was that Truce, the lady I talked to you yeah. before, plus the next Plus Instruments out, uh, lineup had Sk Jim Sclavunos in it. Oh. Who she eventually married, married to. So, um, yeah. That's true. That's, yeah. Everything connected. Um, what was that first Sonic Youth gig like? I loved it. And in a way also because they had, like, they, they were, like, um, uh, above all, nice people. And they had sense of humor. And the music was, like, you know, falling apart and being very rough and very... But it, it had some, some kind of friendliness to it that sort of was very, you know... How would you compare it to now? Yeah, they, they, that's, there's a big, big, big difference. It's rudimentary and it's like, you know, they, they... I don't want to say they barely could play their instruments, but it was very 
basic and it was very like also you know there were very good gigs but there were really bad ones too things fell apart sometimes so I'm talking about that first F no yeah, that didn't fall apart it was there was it was a really like exciting it was very like something is happening here. that's in 83 yeah because I know their first tours were Europe ones before they yeah, really started yeah Lee tells me, keeps telling me that like the first thing they got going was here and, uh, no, because I remember we were touring around, yeah. and they weren't really on the scene yet. Uh-huh. But if you did read in England, s- yeah. sounds or and, uh, and me, the melody maker, yeah. they would be talking about Sonic Youth. Yeah, that's kind of how we heard. We, we didn't know the band yet, really, and uh, and they started coming right when they become an SST band. <laughs> yeah, but that was you know they first had their their uh, their, uh, their Paul Smith thing. Yeah, they come and I seen them at the Anti Club. But before that, they had like a Berlin label putting out uh, Confusion. Right, but that's still. I think they're touring in Europe. They're not touring uh, U.S. yet, really. Yeah, they come to U.S. and uh, play the Anti Club. But the first thing they did in the U.S. I think was like playing with the Swans. They did a tour. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I remember that. That he was, I think Michael's from California originally, but moved. Yeah, he's what, he had something were, called the cri- crippled IDs or something. He had a he had a band at the Second Mask. He actually had a band before Swans. Yeah, and, and but it wasn't crippled. There was was it something like that? It had no, a weird ass name. It had a weird name, but it wasn't like that. Crippled IDs. No. You sure? We can look it up. Yeah, he had some kind of trip. Yeah, no, I remember. wasn't that big in the scene, but he did do some gigs. Yeah. I think, in fact, I think he's from up the hill. Yeah. From Pedro, Palos yeah. Verdes. Something like that. Yeah, you know that area better than I do. But I don't know it that well. It's he's, up the hill. <laughs> he's, he's one of the first people who... Uh, the other people I, I, I started bringing over. Really? Like, yeah. Like Swans. And, and then, because I got friend, became friends with someone like you, they said, what, you know, I, I talked with them in Europe a couple of times. And then they said, why don't you come over to the States and be with us... Uh, that's when you do the evil tour. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sister tour. Sister. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. Sister. Evil tour was before that. I saw that when uh, Kim and her mom pops. It was at the Roxy, I think. And they sat and watched it. But that was was the tour I was on. Is that the... Then you show that sister? Yeah. You know, I, 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 I was there and we stayed at... Uh, her parents, her parents' house. house because so I'm not sure I remember came. it was at the Roxy I remember that they, they, they came they sat at a table because I remember first in cousin right in front of them yeah it was part of the songs yeah uh, but then they played it again and Mud Hunting opened no I, the, the one time I remember wasn't when I remember you came on stage you played the song along Star with Power me. and um, Mud Honey I don't no but Mud, that's another tour after okay. That's the first time I saw Mud Honey. I'm pretty sure if I'm not totally. I think retarded. I kind of feel Mud Honey is like 88, 89. That's that's, that's a couple. Yeah. Maybe the next tour yeah. or two tours after, but they play yeah. the Roxy again. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's the first time I saw them. And for some reason, I thought Mud Honey was a lot like them, which was kind of hard for me to. This is the book I'm talking about to you. This is the picture. That's it. That's the day. Look at the hair. <laughs> That's cool. Way darker. 
That's the day or the night. That's the night we met. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and there's also, Lee in the yeah. I think. And this person. Right, but this is Lee holding the camera, yeah. huh? And this is uh, Lee told me this is the, uh, the guy you played with before. Uh, before uh, Minuteman or first edition of Minuteman. That's Martin. I don't know him. Yeah, that's Martin. Now, Martin, we had a band before the Minutemen called The Reactionaries, mm -hmm. and it's us three, Georgie, Deep Blue, and myself, but the, there was this fourth man named Martin Tambrovich. Mm -hmm. Very sad, a few years ago he got a rash and was flesh-eating bacteria and killed him in a couple days. Wow, really? Wow, that sounds hard. Yeah, maybe five years. He was only 45 years old. Yeah.
need
So the, the two songs we just heard was... No, there's three, Carol. Three songs, sorry. <laughs> public Image by Public Image. Um, I'm the Urban Spaceman by the Dog, Bonzo Dog Duda Band. And uh, Young Man Blues by The Who. Live went off... Uh, Live at Leeds. Live at Leeds. Great album. And uh, it brings us to the end of the first hour of the September 1st, 2008 edition of Watt from Pedro Show. Hold tight for hour two. September 1st, 2008. It's the second hour of the Watt from Pedro Show. Durch ein kleines Lied deutet Polly ihre Verheiratung mit dem Räuber McKees an. Eins glaubte ich, als ich noch unschuldig war, und das war ich einst grad so wie du. Gewiss kommt auch zu mir einmal einer, und dann muss ich wissen, was ich tue. Und wenn er Geld hat, und wenn er nett ist, und sein Kragen ist auch werktagsrein, und wenn er weiß, was sich bei einer Dame schickt, dann sage ich ihm nein. Da behält man seinen Kopf oben und man bleibt ganz allgemein. Sicher scheint der Mond die ganze Nacht, sicher ist das Boot am Ufer losgemacht, aber weiter kann nichts sein. Ja, da kann man sich doch nicht nur hinlegen. Ja, da muss man kalt und herzlos sein. Ja, da könnte doch viel geschehen. Ja, da gibt's überhaupt nur Nein. Der Erste, der kam, war ein Mann aus Kent. Der war, wie ein Mann sein soll. Der Zweite, der hatte drei Schiffe im Hafen. Der Dritte, der war nach mir toll. Und als sie Geld hatten und als sie nett waren und ihr Kragen war auch werktagsrein, und als sie wussten, was sich bei einer Dame schickt, da sagte ich ihnen nein. Da behielt ich meinen Kopf oben und ich blieb ganz allgemein. Sicher schien der Mond die ganze Nacht, sicher war das Boot am Ufer losgemacht, aber weiter konnte nichts sein. Ja, da kann man sich doch nicht einfach hinlegen. <lacht> ja, da muss ich kalt und herzlos sein. Ja, da könnte doch viel geschehen. Ja, da gab's überhaupt nur Nein. Tags und der Tag, der war blau, kam einer, der mich nicht bat. Und er hängte seinen Hut an den Nagel in meiner Kammer. Und ich wusste nicht mehr, was ich tat. Und als er kein Geld hatte und 
als er nicht nett war. Und sein Kragen war auch am Sonntag nicht rein. Und als er nicht wusste, was sich bei einer Dame schickt, zu ihm sagte ich nicht nein. Da behielt ich meinen Kopf nicht oben und blieb nicht allgemein. Ach, es schien im Mund die ganze Nacht. Ach, es war das Boot am Ufer losgemacht. Und es konnte gar nicht anders sein. Ja, da muss ich mich doch einfach hinlegen. Ja, da konnte ich doch nicht kalt und herzlos sein. Ja, da musste es doch geschehen. Ach, da gab's überhaupt
Okay, this was uh, three songs. We started out the second hour. Yeah, chosen by me was Lotta Lenya and Kurt Weil, their song von Nein und Ja, and Judy Sill, Crayon, Angel, and um, my friend Sonic Youth with Shadow of a Doubt. Right, off the Evil album. Yeah. You know, I was there for some of the recording. Mm -hmm. They brought me in. I'm on one of the songs. Did you record it in something in the kingdom? It's got numbers in its name. Okay. I can't remember. Do you know what I'm talking about? Maybe. No, it's in the kingdom number 13 and 14. Almost like a rainy day woman. Okay. Uh, No, it was recorded in Brooklyn at a guy named Martin B.C. studio called B.C. It was the strangest studio I'd ever been in because the control room where he had his mixing board was where they recorded. It was in two separate rooms. And I recorded that song and then a Kim Fowley cover. Bubblegum. Yeah. Which was really trippy because it was only me and Steve playing. Mm -hmm. And we're playing to the record. Yeah. By Kim Fowley. And then later on, they removed Kim Fowley and uh, (laughs) Lee and Thurston. Yeah. That's cool. And record on it. And was the Whitey album around the same time? I think a little after. Yeah. Because, yeah, at the same time was actually the Chaconi oh, new single. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, this is Evil. So I do that first with them. Yeah. And then it's actually the first recording I do after D. Boone's killed in the Minuteman okay. Ads. So I took Kira to Yale in Connecticut. And on the way back, I stop in New York City. And they bring me into the studio to do that. And because I really didn't think people wanted to hear me play bass without mm-hmm. you knowing I played Kim's bass. It was this weird ovation that was kind of beat up. Mm-hmm. The neck was cracked. I remember certain notes would make it vibrate and pinch the skin in your uh, palm. And so I said to them, wow, that was kind of neat to play with you. So why don't, why, uh, why don't we do a thing where... Uh, I'll play a Madonna song and you play a Madonna song. And Thurston named it Chicago Youth. Yeah. So I went back home and made this burning up thing in my apartment and sent it to Thurston. And he got his band to uh, send us uh, into the groove. And it also had a little rap, tough titty yeah, rap. Yeah. So it was like two songs. And I could hear the rap. I think they did it the same way where they played to the record because you could yeah. hear Madonna start singing with him. <laughs> But they take that demo thing, I said. I went and, when they liked that, I said, okay, now I'll go record one with Greg Ginn uh-huh. on lead guitar, and I'll play all the other stuff. Je- uh, Ethan James recorded and, and, and programmed drum machine. All I used was a Radio Shack drum thing, just doing one thing. I yeah. didn't know how to program. I don't think you could, that machine, but uh, Ethan James had a Lindrum, which was yeah. kind of sophisto in those times. Well, they told me about them to want to do this version of the Beatles White Album. Mm-hmm. But that's a lot of songs to learn shit or, or record alongside, so it don't happen. They do uh, these kind of tricks. Jay was on a couple songs. Mm-hmm. And uh, they took my little, that little show them version, demo, I guess yeah. you know. They used that on the album. But I wasn't really part of... Okay. It's called Chicone Youth, the Whitey album, but yeah. it's not really the same as the Chicone Youth, I'm on one side, you're on the other uh, side. Okay. That was more of a, an idea. We even took a picture. I guess there was a Chicone Youth band. Yeah, no, that's photo. what I was... 
I remember. And we're on a, tour. That was on the eighty six tour. And, and I part of it is in. A, yeah, that's with um, Firehose. We're playing in some gig in Pennsylvania. I remember it's on a highway. Yeah. Yeah, and we're in, there's the dressing room, and the, the pictures taking. Uh, I don't know. Uh, it's the one picture where you're sitting on the couch. On the, no, and then no. there's another one where we're in the field. Yeah. With the flowers and shit. Yeah. But, the, but the, we're actually first. I think we're in the couch in this dressing room of this of this okay. gig. On the, it was a weird club. It was in Philadelphia proper. Mm-hmm. It was outside of town, a little west. That's why I remember. I recall anyway. But it was never really a band, mm-hmm. you know. And the, the Whitey album was. Uh, I wasn't involved with it all except for this uh, sending them that tape that I never thought was going to be used. I had to whisper because my neighbors and stuff, you know, I'm in an apartment. Uh, Later on, they put it out again. The album? On CD, yeah. And uh, they had me write the liner notes. So that's how I'm involved with the. Chicago, yeah, Chicago Youth. I, I kind of Chicago Youth. The single came out of New Alliance, but then Paul Smith puts it out as a twelve inch mm-hmm. in England. Kim did the cover. She made some kind of like newspaper headline. No, no, no. It's Bob Burt. Bob Burt did that. It's like I think he was like. Um, a, a and I think print. Kim told me she did it. I think it was like a, a headline. Bobby is in the band, but Steve's in the band by this time. I know, but Bob was involved in the printing of the whole thing. I think there was Bob was working at um, Warhol. Well, no, I put it out. Uh, oh, maybe he's in charge of making that artwork. Yeah, I thought Kim did. It had some headline about Castro. It was a bunch yeah. of fake headlines, and then Madonna's uh, picture of his on it. Yeah. It's Sean Penn or something. Somehow, I have a, a silk screen of that image, and what I remember was that Bob Burt was working at Warhol's printing studio at that time. And he got that like in his spare time done, and that, but I'm not sure how it all came together. That's, you know, I have. Yeah, like, I asked Kim, Kimmy, and no, because I thought I remember her telling me that she put it, the cover together. I yeah. think she's listed as the credit on could the be, new alliance. Could be. Maybe Bob just did uh, like the the printing stuff, or you know, I don't know. I, don't I got know. the thing, and I printed. I know I printed up the covers for the Savage. I don't know what. Maybe for Paul Smith, man, that was a twelve inch. Yeah, I'm talking. And also, about I had a, ba- a different. I gave him a some comic book drawing for the back, something about a lady with a candle burning like in the circle. Yeah, yeah, that I, ain't on the seven inch. I don't know. That's on the one that. Well, seven inch is first, and that's a U.S. Okay. one. Then uh, Paul Smith, who I saw again, he's working with uh, Robin Gristle a couple years ago. He's still good is. to see him. Yeah, is he? Yeah, he's doing, you know, throwing yourself on suicide. Those are his, his main projects. Suicide's back? Wow. You know, it's, he does suicide projects. He just released an album, no, a single. He has a series of singles of other people doing suicide songs. And he wow. just released Bruce Springsteen doing a suicide song. And he had Lydia doing a suicide song. Wow, and I like suicide. They're yeah, but they Frankie, have There's songs. a song called Frankie Teardrop. Yeah. Whew. Heavy-ass song. Isn't that a long, very long song? Yeah, but it's creepy. Uh Ooh. (laughs) way he's singing and that little... They were so econo, just a little little keyboard and those sunglasses. They were were a a weird bunch of people. Oh, I can imagine. Maybe New York people, I think. No? Yeah. Yeah. But it's all, you know, it's, it's... 
Uh, I like them a lot. Well, anyway, I heard about it. Oops, I heard his name again because a couple of days ago, Stooges played in Berlin. And the day before, we get into town and uh, Jay Maskus' uh, brother-in-law, Philly, is making a documentary on him and asked me to do spiel for it. Actually, I was the first guy to spiel on it four years ago and it's still in the making. But then I also... A buddy of his named Tony is making a documentary on Mark Stewart, mm-hmm. who was a singer of the pop group, who I got to meet a few years ago playing a festival on the same bill as Mafia. It's been with Doug Wimish, Keith LeBlanc, Skip McDonald, and he wanted me to talk about pop group, and I was happy too. And then Mark Stewart came by. He's living in Berlin part-time now. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, and I... Uh, he said he had to go, his son was doing music in Spain or something, was there in town, and I had to go see him, and I got to go, and I got to go. But he's hung around and, the whole time, and I talked to him like six, seven hours. Yeah? Yeah. And to I, Mark or to Philly? Philly to was there, but yeah. it was mainly with Mark. And uh, yeah, it was an incredible experience with me, for me. Uh, at the, uh, I got to talk to him maybe an hour all together at that Wesca gig in Catalonia a few years ago. But this I really got to spiel. He's an incredibly uh, smart and funny guy, mm-hmm. and I fixed it up so he could meet Iggy after the Berlin show uh-huh. and talk to him. He wanted to thank him mm-hmm. uh, for inspiration and all this, since all the, he felt it was weird just people th- saying they got inspired by him, mm-hmm. Nick Cave and such and. So. But he got to ask Geek some stuff, too, about some uh, music happening in uh, Detroit yeah. and when the Stooges were young. And uh, Mark, man, uh, yeah, me and D. Boone could uh, not imagine he would be like that, you know? They were way, uh, an interesting bunch of people. Did you get to see him play? Yeah, I saw the, I saw the pop group and I saw Rip, 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 Rick and Panic. He said that was difficult for him because that, he but said that was the music they were... wasn't in that band yeah. because... Then that's why, because it spun off, because they were trying to... Uh, well, he said at the beginning they were teenagers and they didn't really know how to play. And so yeah. that, that weird time stuff was by accident. Yeah. But then when they learned how to play and they were trying to play weird time on purpose, he yeah. said it was too hard for him to sing over. So they split off into different bands. A Rip Regret Panic was one of them. Yeah. And I saw the, the, the piano player... Um, Playing like a, like a time summer kind of a classic. Springer, thing. yeah, two a couple of years later, which was really beautiful, also. But you know, and 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 Rip Rick and Panic uh, became um, what's her um, the girl Don Cherry's daughter yeah. Nina Cherry. Yeah, Nina Cherry was in it yeah. when it, for a while. She was really young, right? Yeah, she was, a she was like a late teenager when she was uh, joining those people. Yeah, and Mark, I saw him a bunch of times with uh, the Mafia and uh, with. Um, What's his name? The, the sound guy? The, the David Sherwood. Sherwood. He was great. It's like he's in the band. Yeah. He's jamming on the yeah, it was, it was controls. Yeah. yeah, very good, uh, active. I've never seen a sound man so active with the band. Like he was playing right yeah, along. Yeah, but he, you know, he got it all from the, the reggae people. When the reggae people oh. came to Europe first, yeah. they brought their own. The producers, like Lee Scratch Perry was behind the... The, the soundboard when they first you Mark know, told me about just read uh, working with him what is it Mark Mark Stewart said he's just working with him yeah for me you know it was kind of uh, strange in a way because 
a big influence on us. So he might say stupid shit, you know? Why? <laughs> At that time, and no, nowadays you're sort of behind, <laughs> that's behind you. Well, it was going to come out anyway, I guess. Yeah. I was so stumbling on myself. There was a point when I meant to say Orson, I mean, uh, George Orwell, and I said Orson Welles. Then I remembered a quote of Orson Welles was, I have a very unfortunate personality. Yeah? You don't know the, no. you don't have the command on English. No. Yeah, that, that's kind of tricky to say, but it's kind of heavy. I, but I was confused I, this thing, so I was still worried about it. Sometimes I'm very worried about speaking, like most of the times, because the stupid shit's going to come out of my mouth. Uh-huh. And with somebody like that who uh, I really held in high esteem, but he's very... He made me feel at ease. He tells a lot of jokes. Yeah. And laughs at them all. Mm-hmm. You got a big laugh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, it was a trip. I'd never imagined. He's got kind of eyebrows like the Thunderbirds. Uh-huh. You remember yeah. them puppets? Yeah. <laughs> no, I can, I can, you know, I haven't seen him for at least 10 years. But oh, man. He is a great cat. He's like a huge guy. Tall man, big man. That blew my mind, too. Yeah. I. You know, the whole thing about him. He's in the book. Is he in the book? Yeah. Oh, yeah. When does the period of the book start? It's like mid-70s to... Okay, so the cover, ground we covered. We're getting back to where we covered. Now you did five years at the FNR. Yeah. And then... um, Well, how's that work out, right? You can do five years and that's about it? Yeah. You sort of... you 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 did your thing. It's like... It's not only about music, but it's like the whole place is run for, you know, it's it's all kinds of kids growing up there. It's not right. like a, a, an empty box with uh, a band and, and or bands and an audience. It's like it's a whole community. You're you're sort of the center, except next to the record store. You're the sort of the the, the hangout for uh, yeah, social, music. social, it's a very social yeah. thing. And then you run into the social thing. Also, gives you a lot of joy, but gives you like, you know. Part of it was skinheads, for instance, or like people you don't want to hang out with all the time. And uh, so after five years, it was time to move on. And um, uh, the Sonic Youth proposal of bringing me to the States for a tour managing their uh, 86 tour was a nice... Because they had played after a few times yeah. by that time. Yeah, three, four times. Yeah. And uh, so I took the job and, and left and... Um, we went to the States and then uh, I met all these people, like yourself, and uh, I met Jay, I met uh, Albini, I met uh, Sacron Trust, I met uh, yeah, John Spencer, I, you know, I met... <laughs> I heard a lot of things, that, because, look, one of the reasons Sonic Youth was doing three, four times, you saw them there, they're doing their first tours in Europe. I think the European uh, gig situation was a little more uh, dependable. Uh, the U.S. tour thing was being built by Dukowski in his yeah. phone book, right? Yeah. I mean, it come, the rock and roll scene was so a- against punk, we actually had to build it, and it was a little tougher. And so there was a lot of uh, uh, but I think funny part- thing, you, you adjusting from the European tour scene to the U.S. tour scene, yeah. which was not together, no, it was no. still being made, yeah. you know? No, you were playing, playing youth centers. Maybe England was a little like our scene, yeah. but the continent was very much dependable and together. Yeah, because a lot of it was subsidized by was government. Like, yeah, it was like government-run right. uh, youth places. Like you know, you, right. you get your youth entertainment. U.S. was 
and then going to the US and like you know things like uh, you play bars I run my that's why I was saying that's kind of like England was too. yeah and they didn't care at all about who you were as, as long as you brought in people that's they cared and if you didn't, didn't bring in people even if there was a contract they didn't pay you you know they sort of ripped you off and it was like you know some nights it was like young kids who weren't too over enthusiastic and didn't have the money yeah. at the end of the night that's bad you know it's bad news but most of the time it was like you know bar owners they were just creepy they were like ugly yeah so but you had to roll with it like no say. yeah you know, <laughs> It was, so you like, it was an awesome experience. You know, like, <laughs> after having been in that like very comfortable European situation, all of a sudden this kind of things. It was. <laughs> it was we already crazy. had years of it and stuff. Yeah, but no, you I, know what? It had to go through that to be built. Just had to. Yeah. Because it wasn't there, and Black Flag doesn't get the credit they should. Man, they really. These cats were doing four month straight tours to build this crap. And then bands touring these days in the 2000s, they don't realize what really you know, comes If from. I tell my stories to people, even if they're 10, 15 years younger than yeah. uh, we are, they think, wow, did you sleep on people's floors? You know, did you do that? Did I still do that. <laughs> yeah, I know. But I mean, this thing with the, the club situation, you yeah. did not know what you were rolling into. Yeah. Oh my God. People you know, pretend there'd be situations where people pretend there never was a game. Yeah, You're at you the know, guy's house, yeah. knocking on the door, and he's talking through the door. What do you mean? <laughs> yeah. What do you mean? But because he said, you know... <laughs> yeah. But you know, you, you did your thing from a phone booth. You could disappear. Yeah, there was no internet, too. You couldn't, you couldn't disappear for, for days, and nobody was knowing where you were and how things were rolling. It was all about phone calls. Yeah? It was all about people. Actually, the... The nightmares were overwhelmed by the good thing. If the nightmares would have been bigger than the good things, it would have died. Mm -hmm. So for every nightmare, there was just a lot of good people yeah. working for each other, putting yeah. out the fanzines, their band would be yeah. opening, you'd conk at their pad. Yeah. There was a lot of, because it would have never grown. It would have yeah. died. died. And, and, and some of those people sort of stayed in the business and became successful. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so, in fact, some of those cats are still my promoters after yeah. all these years. Yeah. And you count People on do them. They keep the scene going yeah. through all the ups and downs. Now, between that, FNAR, doing Sonics, then you go on to... First it was called W, and then it became Mojo. It was like... Um, booking a, agents. You know, booking agents, and for Holland. And you first booked tours in Holland, and then um, when it got a little bit bigger, you started promoting shows in Holland, and all over Holland. Or you'd uh, find promoters in other lands? No, no, no. You know, I did it. There was two that parts. That was on your job. side, right? Yeah, I did, like, I had my friends. Yeah. And, uh... It's real important, though. Even though it's on the side stuff, I think that no, was no, really no, important. No, 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 you know, was, that was a real, a real cool thing for me to have. Because I, in 86, I met all these people, and all these people, you know, didn't have that much connections in Europe. And I said, okay, you know, here's my phone number. Give me a call when you want to come. And then I built my little network outside of, you know, Holland. And I went to Germany, Belgium. Those were the first territories. Then Austria, Switzerland. Yeah, All right. of a sudden there's someone in Italy, you know, and it grows and grows. And it's, you know, that's how I sort of build my own thing. I know, but people ain't aware of that. You know, they either take it for granted or they just don't know how that had to be grown. It's, it's In a way, it's the same as what happened in the States. Because I think in Holland, uh, things were subsidized. 
and maybe partly in Germany, but there was plenty of territories where all that, you know, you could get one gig in Italy at the most. Oh, yeah. Or in Spain, you know, there's anyone you call is like, sorry. And France, like Paris, like, you, you know... You, God, Italy was still into discos. Yeah, but I also... Mean, like, it was so much different then. I but know. also France. Which, uh, it, France it was non-existent. No. Yeah. And yeah. then you got, you got someone to... Very un- underdeveloped, we yeah. like to say. But it's, you know, it's a lot of pushing and pulling. And then yeah, yeah. you're running into the right people. This is like, you know, that the business, this business is all about people. It's like... It is. It was in the old days, it is now. It's still now, you know? Yeah. If you know and you sort of are friendly and you sort of try to work together on something, you can get a long way. So W Mojo, you worked that for how many years? I, uh, 15 years. Right. I started like mid-80s and I left um, in 99 when they uh, got sold to uh, their channel people, channel people which are called live nation these days yeah. they're all over right and you know that's it was a real fun it was it was kind of no it was really cool to see the company growing and it was you know when I started it was like um, we were six people and then um, we ended up like being a hundred people and more and more they asked me to be a manager to be like I mean an office manager like running a company and I didn't feel like that you know it's not my thing it's not me you know I'm like the the networking guy talking to people about music and setting up gigs and helping my friends or you know or whoever getting making little steps and running a company by you know hiring firing and whatever people it's it's not me (laughs) And being smart about business, and you know, I'm smart about my own thing, but I'm not that good in running a company. Yeah, like all of us can't be on bass. So has got to be the guitar. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But you know, it was it was an interesting. And especially when it got uh, hooked up with the clear yeah, channel, I, I, I can see that straight before that. Yeah, and it yeah. was, but I. But you know, can see it coming, right? You know, at some point it wasn't we were a talking, coincidence. No, but, no, of course not. <laughs> But, you know, it's sort of all through the 90s, I, you know, I got to work with the big business in London, and I did pretty big shows, you know, uh, Beasties, Chili Peppers, uh, you know. There was like, a kind of mentality, am I, am I wrong about this, but a U.S. band had to get, get an England agent. Yeah. Right? You didn't yeah. want an agent from yeah. the continent, right? Yeah. I was, that is, and still more or less is it still, thing. Yeah. I thought you, uh, I think you kind of helped change that a little. No, you know, there's, there's definitely uh, a, a bunch of people like myself who, how, you know, are living on the continent and, and working for uh, American, but act from anywhere. But still, London is somehow considered as being, the, you know, the nucleus of European music business. And Maybe it was more intense, though, in the older days. No, it's still, still intense. You know, as Henry people, for the Stooges, you know, he does this from Poland now. He said you couldn't really do that in the older days. Maybe. But is he, is he booking the Stooges from Poland? Is he is Stooges? No, there's from, a man. The man yeah. who books is in England. Yeah. What was his Mr. name? Giddens. Yeah, John Giddings. Yeah. So he's a powerful man because he he does huge acts. Yeah. <laughs> okay, let's not get into this. But I know you know, and it, it, it's it a is, nice man. And it, there is like this, this whole generation. It's like all generations, you know. It's like that's uh, what I said. There's there's a, a generation. Who's that kid who booked Flag? Paul Boswell. Paul Boswell. And he's our generation. That's right. And I I still talk to him. You know, 
And somehow you always feel your generation is nicer than the new generation <laughs> before you. Because the generation before us are all like 60, 65 by now. Yeah, yeah. And they're all like, you know, they've made tons of money. And they were all like the people who started it in the late 60s, early 70s. And we were the people who started doing our stuff in the late yeah. 70s, early 60s. Who's the other Dutch people, a paperclip? What are they doing now? I think they made the company a little smaller and they still do stuff. They still do tours. Yeah. All right. But it's, you know, it's, it's marginal. You know, in, in a way, I never try to be too clever. I try to be, you know, I try to be make, making friends and make, trying to make my network work. And I think there's been people who got a little over-ambitious. Yeah. And when they are over-ambitious, they sort of try to be more businessmen and, you know, partners. Dream too big for Ted. I don't know. But, you know, and that sort of, in, I, my experience is that never gets you anywhere. I, you know, I tried to fight my myself into a certain situation. It never worked. You know, you know, you better can be polite. You can better be like, you know, give and take, right. and not trying to get the whole thing yourself. Yeah, yes. Yeah. It's kind of long term. Yeah, but you know, I don't think about it as being long term. It's it's more like. But you know what? It ends up being a long term kind yeah. of thinking. The other time is either hit or miss. It seems. Yeah. Uh, but so you leave those cats in '99, and then but you still do bands. But now, small. I you know I stick to my friends, yeah. and uh, it's 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 Sonic Youth. It's I have uh, been working with Cat Power for more than ten years now. Yeah. Yourself like more than twenty years. Yeah. I when Steve Albini needs me, I'm there. Yeah. And you know, there's one or two more people who come and go, and and I enjoy it. And it's um, I'm a one-man operation. And I can take jobs on the side, you know, it's like, for instance, the Rotterdam Film Festival needed someone to do a music program last yeah. year, I'm here. And um, there's a really cool venue in, in Rotterdam called Warm, and I'm at their board, you know, and there's like, you know, I'm, I'm 54, so people think I know something. So then uh, it is a little bit of advice or, you know, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. there. It's and sometimes it's paid, it's sometimes it's not as not paid, but it's like payment maybe is not always in coin. No, that's what I've found over the years. No, and it's you know you know it's it's um, my network, the people I I got to know through all these years. A lot of times stuff will come around even though there's not a coin. Yeah, this is what I found. It's hard for people to believe because yeah. it, it, things seem so cutthroat. It like is. If you're in this long term, things yeah. can come back around. Yeah, and in a nice way. Big time. Yeah. <laughs> Very great. Let's play some more music. I feel your eyes upon me. How should I activate? To feel so unsure always. Give up on now, keep on this way. Of love so hazy, everyone's ideal of fun. 
Alberta, what's on your mind? 
Alberta, what's on your mind? My heart is so sad Cause you treat me so bad Alberta, what's on your mind? Alberta, let your head hang low Thank you. 
just heard um, I'm Stranded by the Saints, written by Ed Cooper, someone I really love and, and, and uh, work with a lot. And before that was uh, Harry Nilsson, 1941. Before that was Smell Maps, with, uh, read about Seymour, with, uh, that included uh, Epic Soundtrack and uh, Nicky Sutton, who both are not with us anymore. Wow, and then, um, fortunate. What about uh, Harry Nilsson? Harry Nilsson is like, um, I just got that album um, somewhere in the 70s. And it was, uh, with all the arrangements, it was like a very mystery, mysterious album for me. Right. It was different from, you know, Hendrix or all that kind of stuff I was listening to at that time. And You've uh, got to warn people, too, there was a compilation made of his yeah. first two records. Yeah. yeah. Go for the originals. Okay. <laughs> and he's, you know, he's a very interesting person, especially the first uh, four or five albums. Maybe a buddy of John Lennon's. And Ringo Starr and uh, Keith Moon. And Keith Moon. He's in the Keith Moon books. Do you and, know about uh, him and John Lennon at the Troubadour? Yeah, yeah. Throw kicked out. Those glasses. They found the glasses. Really? And they went on auction or something. And the glasses who... 
that got knocked off of John Lennon. He was wearing a tampon. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I, you know, I've seen the picture. Okay. And they were heckling the Smothers Brothers. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, that's why you're on this show. Okay. <laughs> that's you know, I'm I'm here to learn. Yeah. And before that was uh, Jesse Winchester uh, with the call called Biloxi. And uh, before that was Southbound by uh, Doc Watson and Repulsion by Dinosaur Jr. That's what we started with. And they were called Dinosaur at that time. That's right. So, I, uh, I still find it hard to call them that. It was something to do with some people. West Coast. Uh, 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 Grateful Dead people, I think, I were think trying Jeff, to tour. Jefferson Airplane. Jefferson Airplane people? Yeah. Okay. Somebody. It was sad. You know, and they were, um, Jay had to change the name. It was yeah. terrible. And even you know, on the album, it was first called Dinosaur. Of course. But then it was like the next editions was Dinosaur Junior. Yeah, terrible. Well, we're at this end of the second hour of the September 1st, 2008 Watford Pedro show. Hold tight for hour three. Uh, September 1st, 2008, Watt from Pedro Show here in uh, Amsterdam, Netherlands, on tour with Stooges. Um, I play in Rotterdam tomorrow, and then uh, the next day we fly to Paris to do the Stooges do some gig for Converse Shoe People. I don't know what that's all about, but right after the gig we'll fly off to Belgrade and do a gig there in Serbia, and then the next day... I should be home Saturday in Pedro. And I'm home five days. And then I fly off again to do the last leg of Stooges Torn for 2008. And it's going to be, I think, the it's last all year. 22 days. Yeah. You're not doing uh, any Stooges gig in the States? We already did some okay. last leg. There was uh, Camden, New Jersey, Baltimore, Maryland, and New York, New York. Yeah, the Stooges haven't played a lot in the U.S. Because of the strong Euro, it's more attractive to... Euro has a summer tradition of festivals. The U.S. is yeah. starting to pick up on this. Yeah. I noticed there's quite a few festivals in the States. More? Yeah. Used to be none. There used to be some traveling things. Yeah. Huh? But the only traveling one now is Warp Tour. Mm-hmm. That still exists, yeah. It's, yeah, it's the longest running one. I yeah. just did three gigs on the old school stage. Yeah, yeah. Some of the, I saw Lee Ving and Pat Smear, and I think you saw you said these guys were like thirty years. Yeah, yeah but I don't think these kids, uh, listeners, saw those. <laughs> that's my little flow list. But some yeah. of these cats have had bands thirty years. Yeah, on. I know. So you have people coming to the gigs, bringing their kids. Mm-hmm. We saw you. Saw me playing as a young punk rocker. Now they're bringing their kids. And I remember being a young punk rocker and the police having such a time seeing that our music was dangerous to children. Yeah. There was a support group. I've talked about this on the show before, but there was this thing in Orange County called Parents of Punkers where they could come together and help each other out, you know, because they had this common problem that kids. their children were punks and what was going to yeah. happen. And now you got, yeah, you got parents bring in because they were punk rockers they're bringing their kids uh-huh. it's so bizarre but how people see, get up tight yeah yeah I saw, I saw people from uh, on the Norwegian festival family um, coming to see Sonic Youth and they the, the dad had a Sonic Youth t-shirt <laughs> that was kind of odd to see but that you know that happens You're yeah right. time marches on but all these weird ass fears that authority figures have about watching out for people, especially in aesthetics and arts. They should 
Let it go, I think. Should you know, speaking of a Sonic Youth, like you did those early tours with them, and then there's a period where North tours, and then you come back. So you see yeah. Sonics through the years. Yeah. How would you say their bands changed? Um, you know, it's pretty hard for me to really. You see changes in a way that they, the, the 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 level of shows is more even. In the old days, there were shows which were really not coming together, falling apart all the time. Nowadays, they can do good shows. And for a while, it was like, I think it was like a, a bit part of the 90s, mid-90s, that it was like a little bit of a routine. And there wasn't enough challenge for them to be, you know, to be interested enough to be in a rock band. But I think these days, they have so many things on the side. They always had some of that. But now it's like, everybody's feeling more happy about it. Yeah, Thurston made a solo record. Thurston made a solo, but he made a bunch of solo records. Second one now. Well, yeah. this is like, this one's closer, I think, to that Psychic Cart one yeah. from 15 yeah. years ago. Yeah. He had me write the solo notes for those, uh, lighter notes for those, or some kind of piece on it. And I thought, thought about Psychic Cart. Yeah, and it was like, did you get that definitely? No, I It was I, like, I, I looked at it like, whoa, since he's the bass player on all the songs, I'm going to analyze each song by the way the bass is. Yeah. And then he's got this new one about the trees mm -hmm. and the academy. Yeah. But something interesting you told me today that I didn't know about was uh, Lee. Because Lee wrote me and he said, hey, I'm on this boat with yeah. my family on a river in France. Mm -hmm. And I thought it was more like a vacation. But you tell me he's actually doing... Yeah, he's doing arts. He's, uh, he's always been working in drawing and painting and printing. And um, this place in Paris has a museum connected to it and uh, a print shop. And so they make designs and have it printed. And they use all kinds of techniques and it makes beautiful stuff. They've got a couple of these things. I, I gave them, they asked me for some pictures of my sunrises. Yeah. And that was in a museum? They have a, they have a um, there's been a long talk about having a Sonic Youth museum show because Sonic Youth has all these connections into the so-called real art world and, uh, you know, from Gerhard Richter to uh, Raymond to, you know, yeah. tons of people have made great um, cover art for them but also, you know, there's been all these uh, friends and, uh, and Kim did Kim's Bedroom a couple of years ago in Eindhoven and now sort of they decided to bring it all together and there was a museum in Saint-Nazaire in the west of France who was putting up the money and it, it's an amazing place it's like them curating it's, it's sort of yeah they come, them curating but also bringing together all the collections they have and uh, all, also some of their own stuff each of them except for Steve but Kim makes drawings and paintings oh yeah 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 and um, she had an art show in New York City in yeah. fact and and yeah. Thurston has these collages he makes and Thurston, uh, Lee makes videos together with his wife. Right, Lee, right. And they bring that kind of stuff in, but also... What's that called? Lightning Sound? They got a name for that, where she shows the slides. Yeah, right? it's called... Um, it's one word. It, it, it escaped me. It will come back at some point. Sorry. I know, I know, too. Lightning Sound or something? No, 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 it's one word. Yeah, but I mean, but it's put together. Let's let's move on because okay. I, I'm not sure I can <laughs> I can't think about it right now. But it's um, well, they asked me for some sunrise. Yeah, but that's for the catalog. 
I guess. No, they said it was put up in the thing. Okay. They went and printed those up. I don't, you know, I saw the show, but it's it's still a little bit of a work in progress. Okay. So I think still some stuff needs to be added because it's going to be traveling. It's going to be going from San Jose, it's going to Bolzano, and from there it's going to go to somewhere in Germany. Oh. So it's, it's, it's a, but I want to say something more about the place in, um, in um, San Jose. It's like a shelter for um, submarines. The Germans made shelters for submarines yeah, like yeah. bunkers, and they're huge. They can't and destroy them. They can't amazing. destroy them. <laughs> they had been sitting there for like 60 years, and nobody knew what to do with them. And now they're sort of developed them, developing them into, you know, one of them is an art space, and they have a, a venue in there. But there's like six more of those huge spaces. And, you know, they're filling them up bit, bit by bit. And San Azar itself was like totally gone by the end of the war. Yeah. Only this huge structure was still there. I think they're called pans. Somebody told me they're called pens. I don't know if there's a name to it, but it's yeah. really yeah, like a pig pen. Yeah. Sub pen. I heard about them. Ronnie knows all about them, of course. Yeah. And now there's sort of, uh, the next show is in Bolzano in the museum. Yeah. And so they we, take the whole collection. Yeah. And it's a real, more real museum. But it, the, the Bolzano uh, Museum is kind of in the news right now because there's a Kippenberg right. exhibition. And Kippenberg had it like made. He had made like a tiny cross frog. with a frog. And, and the Pope the, says, "Get this yeah, away." Yeah, and that's in the museum. And right the now. courts are saying, "No, you be autonomous. The art's got to be separate." Yeah, from and there's like I think the main governor of the town or the province went on hunger strike and stuff like that. Yeah. And so they made a compromise. They moved it from the entrance to the third floor. I think the frog is holding a beer. He's yeah, holding yeah, a couple yeah, of things. Yeah. I think I saw a picture. I'm, I'm not sure if it's... I don't think it's in this one, but it's pretty funny to, uh, to see what it's all about. Yeah, like it's very Yanni didn't be, dig uh, the piss crash. No, it's I not. Don't know, I don't know. People get People upset with it. If you don't like it, don't go. Yeah. <laughs> you know, she said, that easy. That but it's, in a way, it's cool that art can still, like... Be provocative, yeah. 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 Like, right now they, they got this other thing coming, you know, about this. This is box, box set that's audio, and they've asked me yeah. for a poem and some songs. I gave them a foot of noise song. It's, it's music, and it's uh, li literature is a book. And this thing comes out. It's not. Oh, yeah, but that's, that's the, the catalog, which is. With the, no, no, this is in a whole other project. Are you sure? Yeah, he leaves and says he gets confused. Yeah, this thing is called. Uh, Oh, I don't know. Some kind of Sonic Youth project, though. Okay. Different than this uh, okay. show. This is a, a a thing that's sound and books. And but it's it's you know it's that keeps them focused. That and I think it's a more happy bunch than uh, um, ten years ago. Than just the rock band. <laughs> yeah, and you know it's sometimes. Steve's got this label. Steve got this label. It's a little scale back from what it was, yeah. but still. He was very ambitious a little bit there. Yeah. But still, I like that. His, yeah, he, had, he had Lee Hazelwood, but he had like a, a, a Cat Power started with them. And they had, That's he right. had a Sabino record, I think. That's and right. It's like a Blonde Red Hat. And, um, you know, he's also people. involved with the Maxwell's Club. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He's part of that, yeah. So they're, you know, they're, they're doing well. And, uh, and, and I saw a week of shows this summer, and they were all great. And one of the shows I remember seeing them in San Azar, where the exhibition is, is like in front of 5,000 people on a festival, which was mainly like 
world music. And so I, I'm sure half of the people had no clue what Saliku was about. And they, they, they did it, you know, like all the audience was like... World music, like Peter Gabriel. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and, and like five years ago, they wouldn't be able to pull that... Or ten years ago, I'm not saying, I shouldn't say five years ago, but ten years ago, it would have been more difficult. They wouldn't have, you know, if the vibe from the audience is not there right away, they wouldn't, you know, their focus would have not been there. I thought they were really good. And they did like Daydream Nation last year. Right, right. Which was kind of an odd thing to do, but... Yeah. I think it, Thurston said it wasn't his idea. It wasn't. No, it's true. But, you know, the, the weird thing was that they, they sort of got pushed into that corner. Barry... Oh, he, it was Barry's idea. He sort of wanted them to do He did, the Stooges do. Yeah. And so they, they ended up doing it. And um, I saw the first show. And that was like... Uh, Primavera in Barcelona you've been there and it was a very like it, it was playing the album with like a real 80s feeling to it and I thought you know it was weird for me to see that but then yeah. I saw it like two months later when they did it you know I saw, I saw it a bunch of times but then at the end of the run of dates I saw it was a it was like a modern album it was like the, the whole 80s feeling was gone it was like the layers of music which they have nowadays even playing the same material, it was far more interesting by the end of the tour than at the beginning of the tour. You know, really, yeah, really, we're like covering, really. Yeah. But then you sort of, and not like by like adding some instruments, but it was yeah. like, you know... Just yeah. playing your instruments different. Yeah, a little different. Yeah. No, I can imagine. I can imagine. It was a, when I saw them, I played with them, in fact, it was a year ago in Ireland. It was September 2nd, so it was tomorrow. It was this thing called Electric Picnic. Yeah. I was they, there. Yeah, you were there. <laughs> but they didn't do the daydream no, thing. No. <laughs> they were really good, though. Yeah? They were on fire. Yeah. That's pretty they were great. It's, it's, it's great to have me. That's what Kim asked me about getting a bass. I gave her my blue one. Mm. And then when this one got stolen in Montreal, she said, Look, oh, you want this one back? And I said, No, nah, man. Right, if you give something to somebody, you won't take it back. And then there's that cat, this man named Andy, yeah. comes and brings me a bass. Yeah, that's cool. That's why I said, sometimes you just wait. I know that's optimistic thinking, <laughs> but Thinks, you know, I just thought it would be jive to take that bass back uh -huh. after I gave it to her. They are a resilient band. But they're Amazing. really cool people, and they're like yeah, maybe I that's why. Always, that's a really big part of it, and they're you know it's always fun to be with them and in, in uh, you know being in a van with them. It's really like, and that's there's always humor. There's always like <laughs> no, I, I remember like working at the FNR very early on. Yeah, we had people doing production like the technical guys, and we were putting on weird stuff there, and the technical guys you know they didn't get it. But when Sonic Youth came, they sort of loved it because they had sense of humor. Yeah, yeah. You know, so like, if you have Einstutzen Neubaden and you don't like the music, it's not fun to work a whole night with those people. But, you know, with Sonic Youth, even if you don't like the music that much, it is, even, you know, on stage, off stage, it's real people you know. A vibe, yeah, yeah, yeah. No attitude and elitist separation. Yeah, but it's, yeah, like, th that's part of it. But, you know... Real human stuff. Yeah, I mean, 
symptoms. I think that stuff tra- translates. Yeah. And hopefully transcends. Here, let's play some more music.
So Mike, you handed me a list of bands uh, we just played. We just right. played, and it's like uh, I go from um, back to f you know the last one to the first one, and um, the last song you heard was uh, "Wow" by K.O. plus the Co plus the Knockouts. And I hear, um, the, before that was the Dirt Bombs, with, um, I hear the Sirens. Now you know about them, yeah, you were they, talking about the Vera. Yeah, they're, um, you know, the Vera Club in Groningen here in Is Holland. it still Peter? It's still Peter. Yeah. He uh, must have had his uh, 30th anniversary there. And, um, you know, he's still the king there. And I, I read the Vera Crown, the Vera newspaper. Yeah. I get it every two weeks and I read it from... You know, all the way through, and yeah. it's all you know. The Dirt Bombs is one of their their favorites. The they go way back. They've been having bands so long, mm -hmm. right? Vera. The Gorish before that, right? So before the Dirt Bombs, you heard Telepathic Friend with a song called I'm not sure if I pronounce this right, but Omi B. Or maybe. Or maybe. And before that was Bully Pulpit with a song called Skybox Baby Maker. And um, jumping from Je Dutch to uh, German is not a long jump. It's uh, wow. The band before I that don't was hear many Dutch people saying <laughs> that. The, the band before that was like Spiele und Brot, und und their song was called Ich bin ich, I am I. And before that was China Smoke, with foreign spices. And then there's a really difficult one for me. Um, before that is Yuki Kawana, with and then, you know, you totally got me here with Mitokite Tokonituko or whatever. Yeah. You know, can you do it? What the first song is called? Mirodokete. Okay, you try. Maybe. maybe. Tokonituku. Yeah, but it's very difficult. Now, Jim O'Rourke could probably help us. Yeah, he's good at it. <laughs> hey, um, right now in Holland, who do you like that's playing that's a Dutch band? Wow, you got me here. I'm, I, just before I came here, yesterday and the day before, I've been playing a record by a guy called Lucky Fonts. He's a, you know, he's a, he's a very talented guy. He makes his own records. And, uh, what town? I think he, they're all from Amsterdam, so okay. he's living in this town. I like him. I like him a lot. But not everybody's from Amsterdam. What is he? Nobody is from Amsterdam, you yeah, know, like New York. Right, they I go mean, there yeah. to get things out. Yeah, like you, you, you got to know um, Lisbeth, who, who is Solex. Right, right. Who uh, right. used to be on Matador, and uh, she's still going strong and making records with people. She just she's on a tour right now. Yeah, going with the boat. Netherlands playing a song in every province. Yeah, and or she recording, just rather. finished uh, uh, recording with uh, John Spencer, and she was still recording. She said year. he was. Uh, Improvising and sampling him to yeah. create, yeah. That's her thing. That's you great. Know, she steals music from other people and then makes it into pop songs. And it, she's really good at it. You know, quite a few people might have heard her uh, her work. She's, Solex. Yeah, she has toured uh, in the States like three or four times. Yeah, yeah. I found out. Yeah? Yeah, I was kind of ignorant. She, we have a lot of common friends mm -hmm. making music. The Miku people. Yeah, she's really, really good. And a very nice person. That's very important. Yeah, a few days ago I found out from Sam she's on a go team. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know. I'm sometimes out of time. I'm the last to know. Yeah. But I was, you're the one that put that together. Mm -hmm. And she made up 40 samples for me and I played all that bass. <laughs> yeah. It was maybe eight or nine hours. You know? Yeah. Uh, it was fun. I was pants shit at first, I was yeah. afraid. 
But then... Uh, and she loves working. She's one of those people who never complains. Yeah, She's I like that. Very focused. Combate. No not, whining, no, no belly aching. You get too no, much of that, man. It drives me away. Yeah. I don't even want to hear about it. No. <laughs> no, it's not. hear people really whine to have nothing to do. Yeah. No projects. Life's too beautiful. Yeah, isn't it weird about us humans? We lose our perspective. Yeah. Like, yeah. I love pedaling, you know? So I was in England uh, last week uh, to do uh, Get Loaded in the Park and uh, TV taping. Something called uh, Up From the Basement or something. Neil Go- Go- yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a really cool thing. Is it? Yeah. Yeah, well, I climbed a base a little bad on it. Yeah. Oh my uh, god, I could have straightened they have myself. Like, they have like a totally high end situation with <coughs> very good filming equipment. Yeah. And very good. They gave me kind of a tiny. I don't know. It yelled base, so he usually yells my name and it threw me. I don't know. It's kind of good though. She got asked her, What do you do when you clam like that? That bad, and especially TV, where it's going to be cut. Actually, we did 12 songs, they're going to use half of them, so maybe oh, I don't want to get sick. I thought they did yeah, but he said like to do it. Yeah. He said, let's go like a prack. Yeah. Let's do as many songs as we can. They'll pick what they want. Uh, uh, they had me have a really small, a really neat amp from the 60s. Mm-hmm. Amp pegged me 15. I couldn't really hear it. It was a hard gig. Scotty had to hold back on the drums because... It's a small room you do soft. it in? No, it's kind of a big room, like yeah. you were saying, a high-endy... Yeah, but do you know the people, the England cats shooting us? Very easy to work with. Uh-uh. Yeah, no attitude, no. Did village. you meet Nigel? No, it was just us playing. Oh, uh, okay. And and I think he comes in later and he mixes it uh, and stuff. And yeah, that's his thing. They told they told us he's yeah. very involved with it. Yeah. Uh, a lady named Astrid was. A it's like a, like a modern version. But nobody of was like, sometimes television. They're very heavy handed on what's mm-hmm. to be done, and these people aren't like this at all. And they kind of ran it as a prank, but then he got into it and. Yeah. Uh, it was he was he was great, but I did this clam, you know. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't get out of key, but I lost all the phrasing. My mind went, yeah, I couldn't believe it. But I went riding a bike. Mm-hmm. I never run it, rode a bike in the streets of London before, and neither have I. Wow. Yeah. But you got a bike, and it was scary. But you know what? I'm still glad I did it. So, uh, three hours one day which was a holiday. It mm-hmm. turned out to be more intense the next day, so it's two and a half hours, but I'm glad I did But it's kind of scary. There's not bike paths, and there's... Mm-hmm. you got a bike thing coming. Yeah, but Lee Ronaldo came over to my uh, house um, two weeks ago, and we went to uh, ride a bike. And um, we did some really great ri- rides around the area where I grew up, and it was really beautiful. In Zealand? In Zealand, yeah. Oh. But now I'm... Is there a bike pass down there? It's, you know, it's very easy to, you know... More rural, less little, traffic. Yeah. And then whenever the roads are a little crowded with cars, there's a bike path. Yeah. So it's very, you know... See, London ain't got that... No, I know no, they no, want no. them to pedal, but it ain't yeah. set up yet. And it would help the town. Less congestion, yeah. less like pollution. Right. They're really yeah. getting that going. But see, these, they haven't got the towns together that way. No. Whatever. Dutch way ahead. No, but it's, it's also it's a matter of politics, and it's like if you make it into a priority. Like yeah. Paris didn't have that until ten years ago, until five years ago. You right, know, and there's bikes now; they're available. Yeah, it's it's really yeah. uh, you know it's it's something. Guys, do something about this. And and you know, there's more towns in in France and in Spain where they have the same kind of uh, system. There was a German town. I, I, Munster had it. Yeah, Munster had it happen yeah. pretty good. 
Maybe if you've got less hills. But there's got to be a solution to this congestion. Yeah. You know, the England that way was uh, you pay a fine with the cars. You know, the, that doesn't really do it. No, but, you know, the, the, you know I've cut some two ways because yeah. it, it exercise for people. Oh, right? absolutely. So the overweight thing and the health thing is like, people healthier, uh, right? you know. Now, what are you doing next week? I'm going to ride all the way through France from north to south. Wow. And I'm the I mean, I drove like, that. I went from Barcelona <laughs> to La Harf, yeah. so I went through north-south. I know. South. I remember that trip. But I... I I, um, you know, I got hooked up with a couple of guys who are all like in their early 60s and they have a rowing um, background. So rowing is one of those sports which makes you very physically like... Stamina. You know, yeah, it's yeah. really, really um, intense. So, um, and then we're going to go from north to south to France in like a, 100 miles a day in a week time. So <laughs> all through the Alps. Yeah. It's kind of crazy, but you know, I like that kind of stuff. So. Yeah, yeah. You've been pedaling a while. I grew up that way, you know. Since and I ice skate. And I skate, big time. Yeah, like my my dad was an ice skater, and therefore, you know, that became like an obsession for me too. And while my rock and roll years, my more heavy rock and roll years, I was sort of not doing it. That it was on ice. But then, you know, but then I uh, no, that you know, and then I sort the of ice figure up. speech. When we say something's on ice, it's like oh, no, put, put it on away. the back burner. And then um, early, you know, late 1900s, no, yeah. no, like uh, 2000s, I started picking up on it again. I hate that old. No. <laughs> Sorry, my English is sort of fading no, away. No, it's good, it's good. But, you know, that's, that's another thing I love doing. And, but winters in Holland aren't that strong anymore, for whatever reason. Yeah, right. And so, for a bunch of years, I went to Austria in the mountains to have a lake, and then I put out... Um, I, I forgot the name as well. Shit. Found Iceman. I think that's where it is. Yeah. 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 And there, I mean, I think you know, I know where you're talking there's about. a whole lake where they uh, put a track of 25 kilometers, and then uh, it's like that's thousands a big of track. Bridge, but they do it like eight times. So you do like an eight, uh, 200 kilometers on a on a ocean lake. Yeah. Takes you a whole day. It's fun. <laughs> you know, but that's that's the typical third Dutch thing. If you look at yeah, the yeah, paintings. Yeah. The Bosch paintings. Uh, yeah, they have people skating. <laughs> well, kind of people. <laughs> and, kind and, of creatures. <laughs> yeah, true, but you know, it was there. It was there before biking. Yeah, yeah. People hadn't seen it. They look like wood that. skates. I think they did use bones. A blade, uh, bones? Yeah. Okay. Wood is not, you know, it gets, it gets soft when there's wetness. Okay, and, okay. And bones are, um, yeah, before stiff. it was metal, it Strong. was bones. Okay. The runners. You got some music we're going to play. Okay. Your last rap. Here we go.
Ciel flamand, couleur des tours, de Bruges et Caen. Ay, Marie, Marie, le ciel flamand, pleure avec moi, de Bruges à Caen. 
Zonder liefde, warme liefde, waaide wind, de stomme wind. Zonder liefde, warme liefde, weent de zee, de grijze zee. Zonder liefde, warme liefde, leidt het licht, het donkere licht. En schuurt het zand over mijn land, mijn platteland, mijn Vlaanderenland. Ai, Marieke, Marieke, le ciel flamand, peset il trop, de bruges à Marieke, sur tes vingt ans que j'aimais tant de Bruges à Caen. Zonder liefde, warme liefde, lacht de duivel, de zwarte duivel. Zonder liefde, warme liefde, brandt mijn hart, mijn oudacht. Zonder liefde, warme liefde, sterke zomer, de droeve zomer. En scheurt de zand over mijn land, mijn platteland, mijn Vlaanderenland. Play, but I 
last song we just heard was Cat Power with I Don't Blame You. Cat Power is a lady I'm very proud of working with and um, she's doing really well. I've, I've been working her, with her for the last 10 or maybe more years and it's, um, it's, it's an honor and it's a pleasure too. And the song before that is uh, Jacques Brel, someone you might not be familiar with, but it's <clears throat> one of my heroes. He's from, um, he originally is from Belgium, but then moved to France, became a star in France, and you know, still some of his songs are in, in Flemish, but this one is half Flemish, half, um, half um, French, and it's called Marieke. And uh, before that was um, The Meters, uh, I Just Kissed My Baby, and it's... Um, mainly because it's on a um, New Orleans compilation, a town which is a little bit, uh, or a little bit, is much in trouble in the next coming days. So Yeah, Gustav is heading towards her. Yeah. And all so, my music friends there, uh, you probably got out of town. I've gotten emails from some of them. Okay. But hopefully there's a town to come back to. Yeah. You know, it's scary. Yeah, very You scary. know, Holland had a flood in the... In the 1950s, in the year before I was born in 53, and it was, it, it flooded a big part of Zeeland, where I come from, mm. and uh, close to 2,000 people got killed yeah. in one night. And because of that, uh, they built a delta work, as we call it. It was like uh, they hired the dikes and put little, you know, huge, smart kind of dams yeah, yeah. all around that area, and has saved us from any flooding since then. But it was. Uh, and it got the Dutch a lot of expertise, which the people in New Orleans <laughs> called in. No, but they, they called oh, in. They did? Good. Yeah, when they, after Katrina, they sort of, like, people from New Orleans came to Zeeland to see how we, or we, the Dutch people and yeah, the yeah. Zeeland people, solved their um, water issues. Because Holland is big part. Below sea. Below sea. That's why it's the lowland. <laughs> Lowlands, that's how we started. Yeah. So, Carlos, thank you so much for being on the show. I was in your land. Right. It's great. Yeah. It's right just having you aboard and playing all that music and turning people on to your uh, music history and stories. And you're still in music. You have not become jaded. And nope. you still dig it. And that's Tomorrow, right. Stooges. Tomorrow, in my Stooges. <laughs> At the club called Watt. <laughs> that's incredible, isn't it? <laughs> okay, everybody. This is September 1st, 2008. Edition Watt from Pedro Show. Keep your powder dry. <laughs>